Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics, with the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning, afternoon, or evening. And if you're listening on Tuesday, happy Valentine's Day. We're starting the show today with something completely different. How cool would it be to be made fun of by NBA legend and Subway fast food restaurant pitchman Charles Barkley? Well, our friend Michael Gow from the Ocean State Bird Club in Rhode Island recently had that experience. And um, we kind of did too here at Talking Birds. This needs a little explanation and context. Charles Barkley, along with Ernie Johnson, is the co host of a sports themed podcast called Steam Room, whose fans call themselves Steamers. On a recent episode, co-host Johnson revealed that he watches birds and feeds birds in his backyard. Charles Barkley thought that was kind of weird, and Charles, who happens to be black, suggested that there are no black birders. Well, our friend Michael Gow straightened him out about that. Here's Michael's call into the Steam Room podcast. Next call. Hey, Ernie and Chuck. I'm a first-time caller, but loyal steamer. My name's Michael Gow, and I'm a middle school teacher in Massachusetts, but I'm one of the founders of Rhode Island's only bird club, the Ocean State Bird Club. Ernie, anytime you're visiting our little state, I invite you to email our club. We would love to show you around some of our favorite birding locations. Also, you have to check out my friend's radio show and podcast called Ray Brown's Talking Birds. I think you and your wife would love it. Chuck, hey, I know you're not a birder. I know you're not a bird watcher, but please know that there's a strong contingency of black birders and photographers in this country. Check out Black Birders Week, where black birders from around the country come together to celebrate their common interests in birds. That's it for now, guys. Thanks. Michael, thank you very much. Thanks for the encouragement. Thanks for backing me up, because a few weeks ago, Chuck was astounded that I bought bird seed for the bird feeders I have around the house. Yeah, I'm still astounded. Well, you shouldn't be, because everybody in here was like, yeah, we buy bird seed. Uh, Come on, they're fun to watch. Birds uh, are fun to watch. What's the nerd's name again that who just called in? Michael. Michael, listen, first of all, you're a nerd. No, you're not. Uh, you're, you're a good you're, dude, Michael. Michael, you're a nerd. And thanks for being well, well, a middle school teacher also. No, no, thank you for being a teacher. Now, yeah. you know how I feel about yeah, exactly. teachers. Michael, thank you for being a teacher. I admire and respect teachers. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for being a teacher. That being said, if you're going out here, what's, it, what's that website he wanted us to plug? Ray, Ray Brown something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a bunch of nerds. That's what they are. Thank you for being a teacher, but a bunch of nerds. A bunch of people who appreciate. I can see... I, if I see a good looking bird, if I see a good looking bird flying by, I'll say, "Hey, that's a pretty bird." <laughs> I ain't gonna take out a camera and start taking pictures. Well, you're missing. Uh, you're missing out. Uh, you're missing out. Next call. There it is. The uh, the latest from the Steam Room podcast, and a great job done there by our friend Michael Gow. Uh, more about blackbirders ahead. By the way, uh, now back to our show. 
sounded like he got the full endorsement from Barkley there, though. Oh, yeah, that's definitely good way seems to, like he's going to check out the good show. Good way to describe it. Yeah, <laughs> our show here. What's the name of our show again? Ray Brown something? Yeah, that's, that's it. All right, on to our Mystery Bird Contest preview. Pretty much every week um, we have folks calling in after the show has ended for the Mystery Bird Contest. That's why we urge you to call in as soon as possible. Not now, but we'll give the signal in just a little bit. And uh, the phone number and all of that. Our mystery bird today is a large, heavy bird that you just heard that was until recently thought to be a smaller version of a common species that we all know. It has a black head, a small triangular bill, a a long black neck with a white chin strap, a brownish back with tan-colored breast feathers, and a white undertail. Our bird, which breeds in coastal areas of northern Canada and Alaska and winters in California and parts of the Midwest, feeds on many plant species, including grasses and sedges and grains and berries. That's our bird on the preview here of the contest. Prizes include a $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world and the perfect accompaniment for your reading of a beautiful bird book. It's uh, Birds and Beans Coffee. We have a big bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee as our second prize in our mystery bird contest and uh, maybe a feather-friendly kit for your windows if we have time for our bonus question all coming along uh, this morning on the mystery bird contest. Well, since late December, every Mystery Bird Contest winner has been entered automatically into a random drawing for a special prize from our friends at Vortex Optics, an 8x42 Vortex Viper binocular. And today is the day that we announce the name that has been drawn, and the winner is... It's a really long drum roll here. Chris Holson from South St. Paul, Minnesota. Right. Chris was our Mystery Bird Contest winner on the 22nd of January. We've drawn her name at random and we'll be sending her that beautiful binocular from Vortex Optics. Congratulations, Chris. Saluting more folks who have become Talking Birds ambassadors and helping us get the word out about our show and about birds and conservation. And thank you to Andrea Maluski from Canton, Massachusetts. She says, I've always loved birds, but only in recent years, now that my kids are grown and I'm much less busy, I'm actually obsessed. Thank you for your work, which seems so fun, too. Well, thank you so much, Andrea. And thanks to Emily Bueller from Hillsborough, North Carolina. You heard us mention her last week in connection with Plurting. So it turns out Emily is not only a new ambassador and proud plurter, she's something else as well. She's also an accomplished author of fiction and nonfiction books, ranging from romance novels to how to bake bread. You can find links to her website, uh, plural that is, about her writing uh, at TalkingBirds.com and on her Facebook page. Thank you so much, Emily. Very easy to become a Talking Birds ambassador, as Emily and Andrea have done. Just go to the, the, the tab there, the, the uh, Get Involved tab, at the top of our homepage, and that would be TalkingBirds.com. Still ahead on our show today, February is Black History Month, and we're celebrating that in part by welcoming a special guest who will tell us about some of the black trailblazers who 
Charles Barkley's comments notwithstanding, helped pave the way for today's many, many blackbirders and who made great, uh, great contributions, directly or indirectly, to ornithology. Also today, Mike O'Connor will join us for a live Let's Ask Mike segment about an osprey nest out his way on Cape Cod that has been taken over by bald eagles. And I believe Mike will offer some speculation as to what might happen there when the ospreys return to their nest in the spring. And up next, our featured feathered friend is a bird that the Cornell Lab says looks like it has just flown out from a children's coloring book. It's presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Today's featured feathered friend has been described as a living box of crayons or a flying rainbow. Males have a blue head with a red eye ring, red plumage from throat to belly, and a greenish-yellow upper back. The bird is the painted bunting. Females and juveniles are a uniform greenish-yellow, ranging from somewhat dull to rather bright. Females and young painted buntings can also be distinguished by the pale circle around their eyes. Florida is a good place to find the painted bunting in the wintertime. Our friend Willie Miller in Vero Beach talks of regularly having to navigate around them to get to her car in the driveway. It's native to North America, but as far back as the early 1840s, thousands of the birds were reportedly caught every spring and shipped from New Orleans to Europe and sold as cage birds. France gave the bird another name by which it's often called nonpareil, or nonpareil in the English pronunciation, meaning unrivaled as a way to characterize its incredible coloration. Painted buntings forage on the ground for seeds for most of the year, sometimes flying up to grab a plant stem and pulling it to the ground, eating the seeds while holding the stem in place with one foot. They switch to feeding mostly on insects in the breeding season. Unfortunately, painted buntings are still being trapped illegally and sold in Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean, and to a lesser extent in Florida. The good news is that although populations have declined, the bird is listed by partners in flight as of low conservation concern. It's the flying rainbow, the living box of crayons, the painted bunting, Passerina cirrus. Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show number 921. Well, it's Valentine's week, so we searched out a guest named Valentine, and we actually <laughs> found one. Will Valentine describes himself as a bird nerd from Maine, hoping to share his love of birds with all. One of his goals is to help make birding accessible to all and to make folks aware of birds and birding. And he's the host of the Will's Bird Brain podcast. He's also one of those black birders that Charles Barkley doesn't seem to think exist. And he joins us now to tell us about some of the black trailblazers who helped pave the way in one way or another for today's many, many black birders. And he'll tell us about his podcast as well. Good morning, Will. Hello, Ray. Thanks so much for having me. You are welcome. It's great to have you on. Can we hear Will? Okay, it sounds I can't hear him that well in my uh, headphones here, but as long as he's 
coming through on the air. That's the uh, that's the main thing. And um, and by the way, being a bird brain, we've learned recently is not a bad thing, is it? Oh no, I it's a point of pride for me being called a bird brain. I love it. <laughs> There were books about it. How birds' brains are so so much more advanced than we than we they they think uh, right. we used to think they they were. So mm-hmm. I want to ask uh, Will for your reaction to that steam room uh, podcast call. <laughs> you're yeah. you're someone who doesn't mean uh, doesn't mind being called a bird nerd since you call yourself that. Uh, but what about this idea that there are no black birders? Right. So first of all, I love the fact that birding has been kind of introduced into other facets of life or other hobbies. Like this is a sports podcast and they're talking about birds. So (laughs) I think that's great. And also regarding the black birders, it's like, we're out here, we exist. And I'm so happy that in recent years, more and more black folk are becoming birders or comfortable sharing that hobby. Mm -hmm. And of course, we have Black Birders Week now, which has become a really big deal over the past several years. Well, Will, uh, tell us about some of the black birding-related pioneers that we may not know about, and uh, maybe also some of the good things that black birders are doing now for birds and conservation. Right. So just a little bit of context. Um, Historically, birding has been a bit of a generational hobby, at least so I found just talking to people and doing more research about birding. Um, So by that, I mean, people are introduced to birding from their grandparents or their parents or older relatives. Um, So it's kind of passed down. And that hasn't been as much of a uh, generational thing within Black communities. Um, So I kind of set out to learn about who were the people that laid the groundwork for Black birders today. Um, So some of these trailblazers are people that you may have not heard of, and then some you might have heard of. Um, So, for example, we'll kick off with Solomon Brown, who is, in fact, the first Black employee of the Smithsonian Museum. Hmm. That's a really important um, cultural institution in the United States. And he was operating way back in the 1800s. So he lived Hmm. from 1829 to 1906. And his uh, role at the museum was to preserve birds and their history. So this is a really important job, especially for species that are disappearing. We have birds that are going extinct, and it's the job of museum professionals to preserve that history. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really important for people like him to kind of set the groundwork that you belong in museum studies and you can be welcome there, even in a time in our country's history when it, you know, black folk weren't really... Uh, allowed in a lot of places. Speaking of that, we also have a very important scientist, Roger Arliner Young, who is a marine biologist and zoologist. She mainly did uh, ocean studies, so she studied sea urchin reproduction and paramecium's things like that. Um, but I love to bring her up regarding birding because a lot of time birding is kind of intrinsically linked to the scientific field. So you have ornithologists who study birds. And then uh, Young's field of study was the ocean. So of course, birds live in the water. You've got penguins and petrels, seagulls, gulls, excuse me, you know, <laughs> all birds in the ocean. So it's important to learn about that habitat. We're really short of time, Will, and I want to move on to talk about your Will's Bird Brain podcast, right. and if you'd give us a little over, and I'm doing some of the titles of your recent ones, Red Winged Blackbirds of a Feather, 
common mm-hmm. lunatics, and I think my favorite one here, carry on my wayward vulture. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so I've got a podcast, Will's Bird Brain. Um, I started that because I was introduced to birding fairly recently. Um, so I was kind of bummed that I could have been doing this amazing hobby for so many years, like when I was younger and all of that, um, but I didn't know it existed. So the goal of the podcast is to introduce anybody, black, white, whatever, to birding, especially people that aren't interested in birds. Um, so every episode, like Common Lunatics, has a different expert from another field talking about what makes common birds cool. Um, so you've got the loon episode, we talked about common loons turkey vultures my wayward vulture um, episode so like those two we've got uh, people from the museum field educational field all sorts of that talking about how you can relate birds and birding to everyday life just like charles phone call (laughs) right in in your recent uh, podcast uh, that one carry on my wayward vulture you really did kind of Get your guest interested in birds, and she had said she doesn't even like birds, but I think you, uh, <laughs> you kind of turned her her around there. So your, your podcasts are so interesting. We're just about out of time, Will, but uh, tell us uh, where folks can find your podcast, Will's Bird Brain. Yeah, you can find Will's Bird Brain on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon. It's kind of all over the place, and my main kind of hub for info is Instagram at Will's Bird Brain, so check me out on there as well. All right. Will Valentine is a self-described bird nerd and one of those black birders that Charles Barkley doesn't seem to think exist. And he's the host of the Will's Bird Brain podcast. Will, thank you for your insights and uh, good luck uh, with the podcast. Thank you. Will Valentine joining us here in Talking Birds. And up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight, You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. The sound of our mystery bird, and this would be the time to call in and tell us what it is or take your guess. And we say take your guess because if we get no correct answer, we'll have a drawing to determine our winner of a beautiful $15 gift certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, and a way to enjoy some coffee while you're reading with a big bag of delicious bird-friendly shade-grown birds and beans coffee prizes there and uh, also a feather friendly kit to protect your windows from bird crashes if we get to our bonus question our mystery bird is a large heavy bird that until recently was thought to be a smaller version of a common species that we all know it has a black head a small relatively small triangular bill a long black neck with a white chin strap a brownish back with tan colored breast feathers and a white undertail 
Our bird, which breeds in coastal areas of northern Canada and Alaska and winters in California and parts of the Midwest, feeds on many plant species, including grasses and sedges and grains and berries. Here's the all-important number to call with your guess or your definitive answer at 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we'll get a Let's Ask Mike live report from Cape Cod. Let's Ask Mike in just one minute. Beautio Books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world, New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all, along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for, in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com. B-U-T-E-O. Beautyobooks.com. Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in search of colorful bird life and jaguars in Brazil or on our brand new Zambia Safari. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit questnaturetours.com today. Birds and much more. Guaranteed. It's Osprey versus Eagle on Cape Cod, and uh, Mike O'Connor has not only watched this, has some great uh, pictures of the bald eagle up on the nest, and I think we have that on our website. If we don't, we're going to get there, uh, get it there very soon. Good morning, Mike. Oh, good morning, Ray. Yeah, and send that picture up to Charles Barkley, because I'm sure he'll be in, interested in seeing that. I'm sure he would. And by the way, uh, you're a nerd. But anyway, let's uh, <laughs> let's. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, so, yeah, so some some bald eagles have taken over an osprey nest, and um, here we are in February. Not from not too long from now, ospreys will be coming back. What's going to happen there? Yeah, well, that's what we're excited about to, to find out. Yeah, um, as we all know, the the bald eagles were pretty much disappeared in the lower forty eight states back in the seventies and eighties, and then they banned DDT, and the birds have come back nicely. Everywhere except perhaps Cape Cod, where there still hasn't been a confirmed osprey nest sighting or confirmation in well over 100 years. So we're all looking and hoping one comes back, and there's some suspected ones. No one's found it. But so just a few weeks ago, some customers reporting about a half a mile from my shop, uh, osprey platform is where these bald eagles have taken residence, and they were kind of working on the nest and putting some branches in there, and there's a big, handsome adult pair, which is great. Um, but we're wondering what's going to happen when the ospreys return. Now, ospreys are big birds of prey, but bald eagles are enormous birds of prey, and they outweigh the ospreys like three to one. So there's no contest who's, who's, who's the bad dude in town. And they regularly, bald eagles, steal food from ospreys and harass them, this and that. However, when it comes to nest sites, it seems like the ospreys are relentless. And there's been several reports here in Massachusetts and probably everywhere where um, when the bald eagles move in, and the ospreys right now are down in Brazil, they take the winter off and they get down there and stay warm. And they'll be back in about a month. And when they come back and who, whatever bird has taken over their nest, even if a giant bald eagle, 
they seem to eventually get their nest back by constantly, constantly harassing it, diving at it, flying at it. And there was a report on one, I think it was the vineyard, where they actually broke the eagle's eggs. The eagle stayed, laid some eggs in the osprey, took them right out. So this is going to be interesting to see what happens with it when the little bird beats the giant bird, and we're going to see what happens if the and probably about another six weeks or so when the ospreys return. We're going to have a little bit of a dramatic show, and then we'll get Charles Barkley to call it play by play. <laughs> well, maybe we could maybe we should uh, get the stellar sea eagle down there. He could, he could yeah, kind of. Uh, they're still seeing it, right? They're still they're, seeing they're that. Seeing it up, up in, up in Maine. I should have asked uh, Will when we were just talking there, up in because he's up there in Gardner, Maine, uh, uh, further. He's farther north, I think, than where the uh, stellar sea eagle was most recently yeah. spotted, yeah, but. They're, but uh, some pictures online, if you see them, of the stellar sea eagle with bald eagles nearby, and boy, it's the giant birds. They're bigger than the bald eagles. They, they are big, and they're not nerds either. That's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day to you, Mike. Talk to you next week. You got it. Okay. Mike O'Connor down there at the famous Bird Watchers uh, General Store on Cape Cod, and uh, we'll be back to the mystery bird contest right after this. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today at birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. That would be our mystery bird there. We're back to the mystery bird contest at 781-837-4900. That would be the number to call. And I believe we have Aaron in Gainesville, Florida, calling in. Good morning, uh, Aaron. Morning, Ray. Good morning. I know you're not calling to gloat about the weather because it's not that cold up here and it's beautiful sunshine and all that, but I imagine it's a bit warmer down there. Uh, we just had a cold front come through, so we've had lots of rain, and it's still really cloudy. But oh. um, the sandhill cranes are flying, and we know that spring is coming. All right, some consolations there. Gainesville is kind of in the middle of the state, sort of? North central Florida, North, yeah. North central. Okay, so um, meanwhile, you heard our, our mystery bird, and I imagine you might see some of these guys uh, where you are. Uh, what do you think our mystery bird is, then? I think it's the cackling goose. The cackling goose. When I said you'd see some of these down there, I was thinking of uh, our featured feathered friend, so don't pay any attention to me. Cackling goose <laughs> is absolutely correct. Yes. Used to be I thought of. Have, yes. I do have painted buntings at my feeder regularly. So. Nice, nice. Yes. That's yeah. the place to see painted buntings. I've, I've been to the Corkscrew Swamp Sanctuary a couple of times. Do you know it? Yes, that's about four hours south of me, but I've been there. Yeah, and uh, I've seen painted buntings both times there. Really lucky, but at the and of course at the feeders where you might see those. Well, I think we might have time for a, a bonus question if you'd like to try it, Aaron. Sure. Okay. This is we're kind of we've got a sports theme going here today. Seems like so we'll connect with that. Candlestick Park first opened in 1960. Out there in San Francisco is the new home for the Giants. They'd moved from New York. Giants played there until 2000, but it's uh, maybe better known to football fans of the 49ers, which had a lot of iconic games there. So the park was in San Fran's Candlestick Point, which was named after the Candlestick Birds. 
Here's the question. What is the candlestick bird? Here are your options. A, the long-billed curlew. B, the whimbrel. Or C, greater yellow legs. Which one of those you think was, uh, what is the candlestick bird? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I'm going to guess the, the whimbrel. The whimbrel is uh, darn near the correct answer. You, you could take another guess. You have one more guess. What was my first option? Uh, the first one was a long-billed curlew. I'll go for the long-billed curlew. That's the one to go for. Yeah, the long-billed curlew, known as the candlestick bird. And uh, that's where they got the name there from Candlestick Point. Well, there, you've uh, you've covered it there. They were declaring you a winner on the bonus question as well, Aaron. So thank, thank you. you. And if you stay on the line, Jesse will get all your info. Great. Thank you. Thanks for calling, and uh, thank you for listening. And we have run our time here. Just a very quick member uh, mention. We have now more than 500 members in our Facebook group, our Talking Birds flock. Welcome to new members Shelley Culbertson, Chrissy Martin, Kathy Morth, uh, Morse, Carolyn Kusuhara, and a whole bunch of others that we'll thank next week. And thanks for listening. Happy Valentine's Day. See you next week. The bird show. I like that. I love that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com.